whatever it is, you know, it's out here. So I'm like, well, maybe it's getting closer. You know, I'm wanting to get a visual on this thing. I was scared, but I, I was confused more than anything. That's when I seen like an arm movement and this stick come flying by me with some force. This is the Crypto Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Todd. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How you doing, bud? Oh, man. Great. Excited again about another great show. <laughs> Dude, we got another Indiana encounter. What the heck? <laughs> uh, a little closer to us. around about Lafayette. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think of Indiana, and, you know, you have Brown County south of Indy. Uh, you'd right. think down there, for sure. I mean, there are encounters that happen down there. Yeah, but, well, again, yeah, we've got one north of Indy, and it's like, okay. No. let's hear it Crazy. um man we're, we're maybe right in the heart of things that we never thought we were be, yeah. so we're going to bring matt on to talk about his encounter so let's just not yeah. waste any more time and get him on here let's get him all right here we go matt welcome to the show man hello how yeah, you doing good you. i'm doing good how about you guys doing good doing good we're doing good thanks for coming on and talking we appreciate it no problem. So, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background before we get into your encounter and some other things that happened to you. Um, where are you from? What do you do? What's going on with you? All right. Uh, I'm uh, originally from, I was born and raised in uh, Lafayette, Indiana. I actually grew up just outside of Lafayette going towards uh, the Wabash and uh, uh, where the Wabash Tippecanoe River meet. I'm not... If you guys are familiar, they call it River Junction. Yep. And uh, familiar. Well, that that's where I was born and raised, but of course my family's from the south. And I lived up in Indiana for twenty-two years. And I've been down south now for twenty-four years. I live in Virginia right now, currently. Okay. Okay. And yep. uh I've been researching cryptids and other phenomena since 1996. Whenever I had my first encounter, I run Mountain Empire Cryptid Research Organization. Okay. I've, uh, I'm uh, that's that's my part time. It's my part time job. As I always joke around, I'm a uh, actually a uh, operations supervisor for a medical company called D Royal, and it's wow. it's funny because everybody, you know, I'm I've been out there for. 24 years and we have these meetings and everybody kind of jokes around they're like so you monster hunt on the weekends and i'm like <laughs> like well somebody's got to do it right you know and they right. try to make a mockery of it it's kind of funny but you know i'll ask them have you ever seen a monster they're like no and i'm like you're welcome you know <laughs> <clears throat> so how old were you matt when you had your first or your visual you've had a visual encounter and you've had some other things going on right um how old were you when you had that visual encounter well, I was 21 when I had the visual encounter, mm -hmm. but now whenever, whenever I had the visual encounter, I had other encounters prior to that, Okay. but we didn't, I didn't know what it was. Okay. Why don't and you like, tell us a little, 
Yeah. You didn't, didn't believe in Bigfoot before, before you had this going on, but what was going on before you had your encounter? What what was happening? Well, it was probably the late 80s into the early 90s is when we started hearing screams. Now, I'll kind of give you the background here of the area that I lived at. Lived at lived right next to Sugar Creek and it ran into the Wabash River. And the Wabash River, right after the Wabash River, runs into Tippecanoe River. So there was a creek right behind the house. We lived down Dead End Gravel Road. There's hundreds of acres around our house, and we lived right in the middle of it. And no neighbors, stuff like that. Uh, this doctor owned the land that was around our land. He wouldn't allow people to hunt there or anything like that. But growing up, I'd say it's probably about once I got about end of middle school into uh high school when i really got into big time into hunting and stuff i'd be out in the woods or we would uh be out there and i'd I'd smell a nasty smell sometimes i'd hear something scream didn't know what it was uh and i'd say mostly mostly through my high school years is when we had the most activity and but never imagined you know here we are you know, your mind's not focused on Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. That just make believe if it is, then it's out in the Himalaya mountains, not in Northern Indiana, especially not in Indiana. Right. What kind of screams, exactly. what, when you heard the screams, were you thinking like maybe a, a mountain lion or something, or what, what did you think they were? Did you have any kind of, I didn't know what it was. Uh, we just thought it was odd because, uh, we'd joke around, you know, like with a neighbor kid or my brother and my little sister. We'd be like, that thing's back out there, whatever it is. And there weren't any mountain lions or bears right. or anything like that right up Not there where Indiana. we were at. Right. No. And and so, you know, we kind of played it off because it never bothered us. We knew something was around but didn't know what it was. And we would find huge grass beds. And, uh, I mean, they, they would stink. We figured, you know, like I said, our mind is not set to believe, okay, it's Bigfoot. You don't go out somewhere and just start thinking Bigfoot. Right. The way that, you know, we're conditioned, our mind is conditioned. So we, I'd find long hair on top of barbed wire fences. And, of course, you know, predators go under. Most of the time they'll go under that barbed wire, mm-hmm. coyote or whatever. And... I always thought it was strange. I was like, I wonder what hair that, you know, where'd that come from? Right. And, but like I said, Bigfoot never even crossed my mind. And one day, uh, it was one evening, it's probably about midnight. And this is back in the early nineties. We didn't have air conditioning in our house. We had one of those old box fans mm-hmm. and you had it in the window. <laughs> we my all did. Mom and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah my mom and oldest sister heard the scream come through the uh uh window and i mean it it was just piercing and these screams it's it's like a it's a high-pitched scream with a deep growl in it and it's it's a three-tone it's our lung capacity couldn't do it but like i said never thought about bigfoot mm-hmm. never even crossed their mind and uh, it kind of spooked my mom and sister, and they're like, what in the world is that? And the dogs are barking, going off. 
And I wish I would have known now back then, you know, mm-hmm. but, and then one time my little sister and a brother and a neighbor kid were out playing and they were in the woods. We weren't supposed to leave our property. Well, my sister and the neighbor kid and the brother, they ended up, I'd say my little sister's probably about eight, maybe seven. I can't remember exactly how old she was, but she was the youngest of the bunch and she had seen something and she thought it was deer out there and started throwing rocks at it. Well, it let out that horrible scream and she claimed she'd seen this big dark monster and chased them out of the woods. They got in trouble because they weren't supposed to be, you know, off our land. And everybody just thought they was just, you know, making them an excuse so they wouldn't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've heard that. Like I said, I've heard about that yeah, scream thing before. Um, lately, recently, I've heard a lot of people say that the scream, it sounds like a high pitch with a low tone. Um, that, yes. that kind of double, like it hits your body, but it also pierces your ears kind of thing. Yep. It cut right through you. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't think much about it, but as the years went on, uh, my parents moved down South. Then in 1993, they moved down South and I graduated high school and I would always return back to the home place to go deer hunting. And it was like three years later is when I actually had my, the afternoon that changed my life forever. Okay. And before that happened, you said you really, even with the screams and stuff you heard, you never really thought Bigfoot. You didn't think about Bigfoot. You really didn't believe in Bigfoot, so to speak. Is that right? Right. Right. So why don't you tell us what happened with your visual encounter then? All right. It was, uh, it was the weekend right before Thanksgiving in 1996. And I usually would come down south for Thanksgiving that week. I'd have that week off from work. And I would, uh, I'd always take off, but I wanted, I was going to, I left that, well, as I think Sunday evening, that Sunday evening before Thanksgiving. So I was still up in Indiana. I was wanting to get one good, one good deer hunt in before I'd come down south to visit with the family. And so I went to my old spot that I always go to and I got out there. I had it pretty much the deer pattern down. They would use this trail. They come up the Creek and they go up at this little embankment to this plateau. And it's really dense, thick forested area and a lot of cedar trees. And I would hunt up against this big old, big old tree you had there you know you can't couldn't use a deer stand it was so thick in there Mm -hmm. you had to be right on the trail so i was up against this tree had the leaves cleared out got out there probably in between 2 2 30 in the afternoon and that day those should have been should have been deer activity coming through there that day i had like i said i had it pretty well mapped pretty much marked down you know exactly their pattern and what days they would be going through there course the rut changes it up a little bit mm-hmm. but didn't hear nothing all day all evening and the woods was super quiet no squirrels no nothing which was always odd well it started getting dusk i'm like okay i better get my stuff gathered up here so i can go ahead and head on back out of here and look like you know an unsuccessful hunt 
Well, that smell had come through the air. And it smells a nasty smell. It kind of reminds you of, I don't know if you guys have ever smelled rotten hay or anything like that. It's a nasty mildew, just gross smell. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I knew that smell. I knew whatever it was, was around. But like I said, my mind was conditioned. Bigfoot wasn't real. So you didn't, you're not thinking Bigfoot, you know, thinking maybe some old mangy coyotes or something. Yeah. And so that, well, then I hear a couple sticks break. So I kind of get excited. I'm like, well, hey, you know, maybe I will have a, a buck come down through here. I think maybe it's a doe because it's kind of quiet at first. But it was getting closer. And then the sticks started really snapping. I kept hearing like, it sounded like limbs were breaking. And I'm thinking that, okay, it's a buck following this doe. And I'm getting excited. And then it really got aggressive. These trees start shaking. And I'm like, what in the world? Well, maybe it's two bucks fighting over a doe. So, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get to my pick which one. You know, they're distracted. And as it got closer, the more and more aggressive it got. And all of a sudden it let out that scream, that blood-curdling scream. It's a high-pitched scream with a deep growl in it. And... It wasn't no whoops or anything like that. You know how you see on the Finding Bigfoot shows and stuff. It wasn't nothing like that. This was just a deep scream with a growl and it cuts right through you. So I'm like, that's that thing, whatever it is, you know, it's out here. So I'm like, well, maybe it's getting closer. You know, I'm wanting to get a visual on this thing. And the trees just really started popping and snapping and... Uh, I'm like, okay, you know, this thing is, it definitely not shying away. And it had never acted that way before. We'd hear the screams and stuff, but it was always just out of sight. It would never come closer. And it was, it's probably just a, I don't know, wasn't, seemed like an eternity then, but it probably happened pretty quick, but it, it was right pretty close there's a like a 15 foot gap in between these cedar trees and it's got some tall grass in there and the sun has just set enough where you can't see really good and so i'm trying to focus in and i see some movement and then that's when i actually seen this thing it went in between this 15 foot gap and it was probably in between six seven foot tall it had dark hair couldn't tell if it uh black or brown because the way the sun was set and i seen the the silhouette of it i seen the hair on the side of the head of it it was a rounded head it it reminds you of like an orangutan and it it was kind of lanky and it had the real long hair on its shoulders and its arms and as it moved in between that gap it was like it it was like a glide i mean it wasn't it was just a real smooth movement and I was looking, I was like, you know, I was trying to figure out what in the world. I'm like, what, what is this thing, you know? And I was scared, but I, I was confused more than anything. I'm like, what in the world? Because I'm looking for something to be on four legs, come walking through there. And I see this upright 
orangutan looking thing coming through there and I didn't get a, I couldn't see the face to see the eyes but it had long hair it wasn't short hair this was long shaggy hair and I was like what in the world and as it got as soon as it cleared through that little gap that I could see it it went into the cedars and I could still see part of the shoulder and arm and it had it was like I said it was coming towards me and it was behind the cedars and stuff but it only partially and that's when I seen like an arm movement and this stick come flying by me with some force and that stick I mean it would have done some damage if it would have hit me and it let out that blood curdling scream and I was like forget this this thing doesn't want me here whatever this is I was confused so I take off running down this trail to get out of there and I have to slow down to cross the creek and as I'm slowing down I turn around and see if it's behind me you know then I'm thinking I, I may have to shoot I may have to try and you know if this thing's coming at me and I turn around and I didn't see it it wasn't but it could see me it knew I'd stop because it let out that scream again and then I got boom down through the creek and got up in my truck and took off and uh I'd went I was staying with a friend of mine and so I show up and I, I get back to the house and he's like what's wrong with you I'm like what do you mean he said something's wrong with you and I'm like I don't know and uh, I said it's kind of hard to explain he said he said you went hunting didn't you did you see anything I said yeah He's like, what'd you see? And I was kind of like, I don't know. You know, I didn't know what to tell him. I'm like, well, I said, this is going to sound stupid. I said, but only thing I could think of at the time was a monster. I'm like, I seen this, a monster. And he looks at me and he's been hunting out there with me before. He's heard the screams. He's like, I believe you do. He said, I said, you know that thing that makes him, he said, yeah. I said, I seen it. It's like a, he said, he said, I believe you 100%, dude. I mean, I was, it it gives you this, I don't know how to explain it. It's, uh, you're looking at something that's not supposed to exist. Right. You know, we're brought up, hey, this, you know, this stuff's not real. We're conditioned, you know, and if anybody does say anything about it, you know, they like to ridicule and make a mockery of it. The news media does it. Everybody does. They always put these, uh, crazy people on the news and they do that intentionally <laughs> intentionally to make a mockery of it yeah. so that right there is what got me started in the research and that was my base that actually got me started and that was back in 1996 so i've been doing it for quite a while so when you saw this thing or when you first made eye contact or, or put your eyes on it did at any time you say okay this thing's a bigfoot um they are real did you identify it as that when you had that encounter or was it like no. quite a bit after when you said you know what i saw i saw i think i saw a bigfoot it, it was a little bit after because at the time i had adrenaline going fear and confusion i i was you know i'm like what is this because i seen it upright and i'm thinking it's a person then i seen the long hair and stuff i'm like this ain't no person and that's when it you know, I didn't know what to think. So that's when I started going through, well, okay, later on, started, I started taking wildlife conservation courses. 
uh, learn how to track. I'm like, I have to know what this thing is. Mm -hmm. So I started going and uh, researching, you know, Bigfoot then and other types of cryptids and stuff to see what, you know, only thing I think of later on was Bigfoot, of course. But at the, at the time and the moment, it was a monster to me is all it was. It was just right. a monster at the time. And you said it kind of reminded you reminded you of an orangutan, right? Yeah. Yep. Have you ever seen the uh, skunk ape picture from uh, down there in uh, Florida? Yes. Yep. I know exactly what exactly. you're talking about. It, it looked like that, but it was thinner. The shoulder area and stuff, it was more lanky. Mm -hmm. hmm. Did at any time you think maybe something escaped from the zoo? I or? didn't know. I didn't I mean, there there wasn't no zoos around there or anything, you know. If you know the Lafayette area, mm -hmm. just north of Lafayette, there, mm -hmm. there wasn't uh, uh, no. You had Columbian Park and Lafayette Zoo, but they didn't have any. No, they had little spider monkeys, you know. Right. But they're probably not going to have spider monkeys. Orangutans yeah. that are seven foot tall either. Do you say this thing was about? No. How tall did you say it? What you think it was? Probably in between six to seven foot tall. It was taller than me. I'm five ten, and this thing was it. It was it was taller than me. How far Quite away? How far away do you think you were from this thing when it threw that stick at you? I, it was less than thirty yards. It was less than thirty yards. And how big was that stick? It was probably about three foot long. Probably about the. Uh, it's probably about as big as round as like a end of a baseball bat. Oh. Jesus Christ, that's a branch. That's yeah. a that's a limb. That's not a stick. <laughs> yeah, and Lucky I mean, didn't it hit you. Damage the the force. I could feel the wind as it went flying past me. Wow, that had some intent for sure. Yeah, I wonder what would have happened. I mean, you hear about Bigfoot throwing rocks and sticks at people all the time. I'm pretty sure at one point one of them's hit somebody and done some damage. I mean, how do you explain that to? you know, officials or whatever, you say, yeah, Bigfoot hit me with a rock or Bigfoot hit me with a stick. Uh, it's just crazy how these things react. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what, what kind of research did you get into after your, your encounter? I mean, what you started digging, reading books. Um, how, how'd you go about it? I just uh, based it off my experiences. I uh, started looking through and... Uh, like I said, I, I took wildlife conservation courses, uh, um, really learned how to track so I could eliminate all the obvious anytime I'm out there. And so I just started listening, started reading books, uh, looking up monsters. I started looking up monster stuff, and that's when I seen uh, the Boggy Creek and stuff like that. And... Uh, so that's that's where I started, and I started uh, – there wasn't a whole lot out back then, actually, either. So yeah. I was – you know, I, it, it was harder to find content and stuff on it, but I knew it had to be something similar to that. You know, it had to be a Bigfoot type something, mm -hmm. and that's – you know, I was looking at uh, – started following – I'm not sure if you – Familiar with Mary Green, a lot of her work. I'm not sure she if I've heard of her that. or not. I may have. I, I just don't know. She's in, she was in northern Tennessee, <clears throat> and she had she had written some books and stuff on her activity around her place, and it was very similar to what we had experienced there. 
up there in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so I just started putting stuff together, and now I'm down the rabbit hole 20 years later plus, and yeah. I've got more questions now than what I did back then. Matt, I agree with you 100%. Uh, when we started this venture together, you know, Brian and I have had, you know, extensive Bigfoot um, knowledge prior to this, but we've, we've, we've both believed and grew up, you know, feeling the same way I think about it. But the more, the more that we are doing this, the more confused I'm getting, um, opening up doors I didn't know about, things that these things do, how they react, hearing the same things from the same people over and over and over again. Uh, you know, how they crawl, all this stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm more confused than I was before. I just thought, hey, there's a big hairy ape walking around the Northern American forest, you know? Exactly. I'd started, uh, uh, you know, whenever I first started out doing this, it was, you know, this flesh and blood, it's a wood ape, you know? But then through the years that I've gone through this, the more and more stuff I've found, you know, like with, tracks that just stop disappear where do they go you know uh yeah the uh reflective eye shine and self-illuminating eye shine yeah uh mm. most of your primates don't have reflective eye shine but get a lot of reports of just red glowing eyes so that's self-illuminating you know you're not shining a flashlight on it. you just see a set of eyes just light up so that means it's a high energy being yeah so i've had to go down the route with the whole quantum everything i mean it's it's been a journey, that's for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, if these things aren't paranormal or, you know, kind of out of this dimension, they've got some kind of special power senses that that we that we don't, um, just all the stuff I'm hearing about how they're elusive and everything. And, right. you know, where do these things go? Um, it's just it's just crazy um, to, to hear about it again. And I we hear the same things, you know over and over and over um so it's just ironic that that these people and even yourself are saying the same things um so it's just crazy that there's something about these things why do you think that um matt why do you think that bigfoot hasn't been acknowledged as a scientific or through science as as a as a as a real creature it's being covered up the government is covering it up uh Uh, back in 2003 I had, it was in La Follette, Tennessee, in Jacksboro, Tennessee. Little town is La Follette there. And uh, I work, actually work in Tennessee. And for two weeks straight, 2003, the end of October, 1st November, there was every day on the news sightings and reports of a Bigfoot in the area, there in that area. And I had, uh, uh, so I started nosing around doing some investigating. A couple guys that worked for me lived in that area. And they said, man, you need to talk to this one woman. So all of a sudden, after two weeks, they take it off the news. I mean, we had people, they, they, they put, you know, these people out there on the news, had the interviews, you know, where they're out there. And they're like, Bigfoot was right out there and he threw this kitten at me. And, <laughs> you know, he went out there in my yard. They, they put the... So they can make a mockery of it is basically what they're doing. Yeah. And and so they, they put all these people on there so you can laugh at them. But they don't put, you know, the pharmacists that come to me, the uh, doctors that come to me that I research with, them type people. They'll never put anybody with any credibility on the news like that. No. And 
well, after two weeks, they took it off the news. It was completely gone. I'm like, well, they covered that up pretty quick. And the guys that worked for me, they told me this woman that they had seen. And I'll keep her identity private. But she was telling me that the sheriff of La Follette, Tennessee, and had about six or seven guys showed up at her door. And they looked like a SWAT team had told her that keep her animals inside that they was going to kill it. And she's like, why are you guys killing it? And they said, they're a nuisance. They want them gone. And supposedly they had went back out there and they'd shot it. And she said it fell in the back of her field and these helicopters took it out. <laughs> now the guys that worked for me confirmed that there were black helicopters in that area that day. They had seen them. Interesting. Why they're covering it up. Mm-hmm. Why they're covering it up. That's a million dollar question. Mm-hmm. I have some theories why the government covers up uh, the existence of Bigfoot. I mean, I think that Brian, you and I were talking, um, you know, these things are elusive enough, you know, let alone if they're covered up on top of that. That's, that's why people don't know they're real. Um, but I think the government covers it up because, you know, the logging industry, for one, people would, would uh, declare these things an endangered species and no more logging. I think it would hurt the tourism. Um, right. I think people would freak out and not go hiking as much or camping as much. Um, maybe you'd have a flood of people that would more and, and just, you know, be out there shooting off guns and killing each other, thinking they saw Bigfoot, something like that, some kind of code or something. Um, <clears throat> and I think it would change history. Period. I think it would change. Um, Almost certainly, it, it, it would. It would change uh, religious beliefs. It would change a lot of things in history if the government came out and said, "Okay, Bigfoot's real. Here you go, Bigfoot and aliens. There you go. We're oh, done." Shoot evolution right in the ass. Yeah, uh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact is, thousands and thousands of people are seeing this thing, these things, and talking about it. And like I told, uh, I've said this before: if one of those stories is real. If one of those stories is true, if one of those people are telling the truth, which I believe most of them are, uh, these things exist and they're out there. So Matt, what do you think Bigfoot is? Do you think it's a spiritual creature at all? Do you think it's just flesh and blood out there? It's, it's been around uh, as long as man has before man. What's your thoughts on it with all your research and all that? I believe you've got different types. I believe you've got the uh, uh, flesh and blood type. I believe you've got everybody always wants classified as Bigfoot. If they see a, a big hairy animal or a big everything, I believe you've got you got different hybrids of it. You've got uh, like I said, the whole UFO and uh, Bigfoot sightings reports together. You know, you got twenty percent of your sightings of UFO and Bigfoot same area. You, I believe you've got different types. I believe you got some that are uh you know like prehistoric man you got some that are you know just more uh i guess you could say more uh more domesticated than what you know some others are but the one that i encountered that right there was definitely it was a primate it was a flesh and blood creature but i've come across you know these other beings that are 
everybody always, like I said, they always classify it all together as Bigfoot. If it's a big, hairy animal. But I, th I believe you're dealing with different things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I we, mean, it's kind of hard to explain. We kind of feel like there's a, a human type and an ape type or, you know, those kind yep. of spectrums. Um, and beyond that, who knows? Um, I've heard people describe it. A lot of people, when they describe it, they say it wasn't like the Patterson film. It didn't look like that. Okay. Um, so maybe the ones in, in the Indiana area or the the eastern part of the United the States side. are looking a little bit more more that way. Um, well, see, the uh, fall at Tennessee, they had a picture of Patty and they had a picture of the skunk ape from Florida. And all the witnesses said it looked like the orangutan skunk ape type. Yeah. Right. I think they tend to be that way. Um, so maybe more on the eastern side of the country. It's skunk ape-ish. Mm -hmm. Could be. Probably is. Sounds like it is. Sounds like it from everybody we've talked to so far. Matt, do you ever think that, um, you know, Bigfoot's going to just come out one day and the government's going to say, you know, hey, this thing's real. Here it is. Um why do you think on top of that and why do you think that these things are so elusive what are they you know are there, are there, are there not enough of them um however it seems like people are seeing more and more of these things as time goes on what's your thoughts about that well i think there's not that many of them i think they well they travel to waterways and cave systems the uh one thing i did notice when i was up in indiana we never had any activity from probably around Christmas time all the way up until about springtime there in our area. Hmm. There was no tracks in the snow, no screams, nothing. Never remember any of that. Now, whenever we would start, uh, I believe those things moved in there whenever it got spring, when uh started uh, looking for mushrooms, and then when raspberries come out and stuff, they went there for the food source. And they travel along the creeks and stuff there. Right. And it's I believe that the uh, I believe that they move around. Like I said, there's not that many of them. Uh, and if you go, what people like to call the woo side, you know, the interdimensional whatever, then I believe you know you got these things moving through, you know, portals, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some pretty, like I said, I've, I've been doing this for years. I've seen some pretty wild stuff. I actually work with a military group that we got assigned like six pages alpha data of disclosure forms. And I've seen some pretty wild stuff that just, you would never imagine anything, you know, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm deep into this stuff. If that tells you anything. <laughs> yeah. Smithsonian Institute magazine had wrote an article on me back in 2018. I didn't know that they were following me. Okay. So we'll check that out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we will. Did you ever go back to the site of the incident that you had with a stick? No. Uh, they had put a highway in through there. Now, this is what's interesting. They they put a highway through there, and they had made a four lane that goes through there and i could still go back up there but i don't think i don't think there'd be I haven't heard of any activity from the people that live there now no screams nothing like that mm -hmm. i think whenever they put in that four lane that went through right down through there i believe that it uh, probably moved them over 
but this is what's weird, okay? They kept wanting to put a lake in there, the government did. They kept wanting to put a lake right there. Hmm. Now, where all these things are at, you've got, like, land between the lakes. They moved everybody out of there. You've heard the Beast of LBL. Uh, the government, you've heard, you know, of course, Helltown, Ohio. Government forced everybody out of there. Yeah, I've heard about the, that. All these areas back in the day, you know, that government could just say, hey, you guys are getting out of here mm-hmm. and force people to leave their homes, even the, against their will. Now, in that area there, they were wanting to do the same thing. They were trying to make it a lake. And I checked, I think it was last summer, mm-hmm. they was wanting to make it into a, uh, uh, we, we fought it then. I remember, you know, the community, the people there had went and uh, protested protesting stuff <clears throat> but a lot of new laws now that protect you know the homeowners now compared to back in the 60s and stuff but now they they're still wanting to put a rock quarry in that area now you know it's kind of odd it doesn't make no sense right there yeah you know that close to the wabash river mm-hmm. yeah what's their point of it i wonder i mean what were they, exactly. what are they telling people they want to do it for <laughs> you know? exactly that make well, Matt, we appreciate you coming on and telling your encounter and, and, and the other stories, man. It, it, yeah, it, uh, man, it was very, very fun, very cool. Yeah, for sure. And uh, keep up your research for sure. And uh, if you see anything yeah. or hear anything else, you got to get a hold of us and let us know what's going yeah, on. Keep in touch. Let us know what's happening. Oh, yeah, I've got all kinds of stuff. Like I said, that's just a tip of the iceberg. And is there a is there a Facebook page people can go check out your stuff? Do you have a Facebook page or a group out there or something? Uh, yeah. Like that? What's it yeah, called? Uh, Macro, it's Mountain Empire Cryptid Research Organization. Macro Mountain, you said? It's uh, it's Mountain Empire okay. Cryptid Research Organization. Okay. We will check it out, and hopefully others will too. All righty. Well, appreciate again, it. thanks for coming on, man, and we appreciate it, and uh, keep up the good work out there. All right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. All right, you take care, bud. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Okay. Once again, man, some amazing information and stories about uh, encounters in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he's really been into the research side of things, too, since his encounter. I like that. Yeah, he has. And we were talking to, him, talking to him off mic. Uh, he knows Travis Walton. He spent time yeah. with Travis Walton, yeah. the uh, Fire in the Sky. Yeah, movie, Fire in the Sky. That's a, yeah. probably one of, if not the most well-known alien abduction encounters he is the, the one yeah and uh hopefully we get to meet him when we go to the iowa paranormal festival he'll be there speaking so it'd be cool to talk to that guy for sure it's exciting. i'm excited about that i hope we do yeah well thanks again man for joining me in this uh awesome venture oh, as always man it's always fun yeah i'm just so glad we started doing this thanks to the listeners for for you guys and support we appreciate it uh check out our facebook page go to our link check out our web page our pod page uh, if you've had an encounter and you want to sign up on our calendar to be on a show, feel free to check that out and do that. Um, there's other things on there. We're going to be putting some merchandise and hats and shirts out there and everything. So, again, guys, thanks thanks for your support. It means so much to us, and we appreciate yeah, we, it. We are just blown away by the support. Thank you. Thank yeah. you all again. Yeah. Brian, until next time, man, you take care. Yes, hope it's soon. It will be. so fun. It will be. All right, bud. We'll see you next time. All right. right on.